Hello and welcome to the Squeaky Bum Time Podcast with Mike and Laurent. It is Tuesday, August 31st. In this episode, United get lucky again. Arsenal are apathetic against Chel- against City and Chelsea are awesome at Anfield. But Mike, 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 Spurs are top of the league. One nil to the Tottenham. No, no. What do you got, Mike? <laughs> I've got it. Uh, I, I'm pretty excited about how the third win in a row, 1-0, uh, like you said. Nuno was great to say, listen, no, it's it's August 31st. Stop it with that, right? Like he, he shot that shit down right off the jump in his press conference. But it does feel awfully good for the first time in the – in not just the Premier League history, in English top flight history for yes. Tottenham Hotspur to be top of the table and Arsenal Football Club to be bottom of the table. Relegation fodder, shall we say. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. the thing that I'm focusing on more. I think that's much yeah. more of the story. Yeah. Sh- um, Freud's the best. <laughs> oh, isn't it? And yeah. the way that I've looked at this is through the lens of the very, very highly anticipated all or nothing Amazon behind the scenes okay. all expose on – what the hell has been How going on? How fucking lucky did they get? How lucky are they? They can't hide it. No, like no, they no. They, what, Amazon? Yeah. No, that was brilliant. That was a stroke of genius because they were like, they're going to fire Arteta and we're going to figure out <laughs> when and we're going to be there. I mean, look, I they mean, fell it, ass backwards into Spurs when they did it because they got rid of Pochettino yeah, and it was – And Mourinho showed up, which and they Mourinho cut out of the whole up. show, by the way. They're just like, Pochettino, oh, yeah, forget it, bye. It was the first episode, and then they were like yeah. – they had like the changing of the guard, and believe yeah, me, it was, weird. it was a lot. Speaking yeah. of it Mourinho – It was a big giant Levy jerk-off show. He seemed oh, like a big time. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Speaking of Jose Mourinho, real quick uh, – yeah. Our Serie A update before we really get running here. <laughs> Salernitana had their first home game in Serie A since 1999, and they oh, faced 1999. Oh, that's yeah. Nice. I I learned I'm learning more and more about them. They were in the okay. top flight twice before this. Anyway, oh, okay. uh, they hosted Jose Mourinho's Roma, uh, featuring old friend Tammy Abraham, uh, who <laughs> scored a, a great right? goal. Yeah, they it was zero zero at half. I had some hope. Uh, it got ugly in the second half and it went four nil Roma. Uh, I am very worried for my Salernos that's okay. and, that's okay. and uh, yeah, that's not going to go great for them this year. So okay, there's going to so be a lot of pain. One, one, one big thing that happened in last week's episode, I was ready for, oh. for, uh, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo to be in a blue. Do, Don, and, the uh, Manchester city sky blue. We had it all. I had the trolling. I was going. I was like, you signed Sancho. We signed Cristiano. Cristiano. And uh, he uh, apparently went to United instead. <laughs> uh, it so, literally was like a, a six-hour turnaround from he is going to United. Like, if there's an – I literally got retweeted by old takes exposed and uh, got like almost a quarter of a million people saw my bad art. And uh, <laughs> he, he jumped ship. And I felt used, like a, like a, like a swinging door in a boys' camp. Like I mean, just in and out, <laughs> slammed back and forth, like a hurricane in fucking Louisiana, getting blown around. That doesn't get flown off. It was amazing how quickly that turned around. But we have him. Cristiano Ronaldo is going to don the seven shirt for. Um, is he wearing seven? By the way, we're uh, there's Kav- some needs to get it to him about whether he can get it. No, he if needs you register to register as a number. You may not be able to change it if the player already appeared. There is some. Uh, they have you know. I think there's actually rules on that because of 
I think it goes back to supporters who purchase the jersey. I think that actually is oh, really? the origin of that rule. Yeah, because oh, wow, that's a, when oh, because I they purchased have to a refund or something like that. Yeah, yeah. When I purchased a, a, a Kane eighteen, his last mm-hmm. year of wearing eighteen. So from what I understood, when the yeah. first time I saw them at the MLS All Star Game in Denver, uh, <laughs> that this is in July. So they submit the squad numbers and they gave him number ten, and I was like. What the fuck? This is the first jersey I ever bought. Long story short, uh, they I got in touch with them. They actually hooked me up with a signed Harry Kane. I get I sent them the 18. He signed uh-huh. it and they sent me a number 10, which was super fucking cool. I framed it. It was awesome. Anyway, so that may be the reason why there. But let's talk about first of all, welcome to transfer deadline day. We kind of buried the lead there. But <laughs> yeah, we're not really following along um, there. But I no, well, I mean, there's I mean, there's I going to be through. I followed along during the day, but not not too much after. There's going to be one or two big shoes to drop still, I think. I but think the day the days of the purple dildos are over, right? Yeah. That's the famous yeah. the famous thing is kids would stand around the Sky Sports thing when Sky made it into a big deal, and famously before it got to be a big deal, they're live, they're outside the grounds, following cars and helicopters, and there's a kid with a purple dildo like sticking it into the guy's ear <laughs> 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 on live television. Uh, an amazing <laughs> an amazing moment in uh, yeah, transfer yeah, yeah. transfer history. But that never happens. That they're very rare that that, that there are things guys sneaking around. But, but let's talk so about the 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 how quick and crazy as you mentioned these things yeah. can kind of unfold. So, so we record twice a week, right? We yes, record twice. on Tuesdays and on Fridays. And Thursday night for Friday morning. Yeah. Whatever. We yeah. the secrets out of the bag now. And <laughs> Uh, yeah, they know. And, and so the, the weird thing is that we're pretty on top of our shit. And, and the yeah. funny thing was that last Thursday, I suppose, at, um, at all of time, the Cristiano stuff, it was, was all city. It was over. It was done. It was done. Yes. And you and I talked a lot on Friday and over the weekend, and it was about, uh, Jorge Mendez, his agent, super agent. He's like, if drew Rosenhaus and Scott Boris had a kid, like, and this is how, team. And and owned it right and owned a team essentially right so like this guy is next level manipulative and so what he did was he knew that Cristiano wanted out of Juve we covered that on Thursday Um, he basically I mean look Manchester United did not need him they signed Jaden Sancho they have all of the same attacking talent you could say the same thing about United getting a player like Ronaldo the same way that City got a player like Grealish totally unnecessary especially because mason greenwood right now and we'll talk about him even more in a little bit i think he's leading the league in goals but he is white hot he's incredible he's in, in great form and so you what, the last thing you need is to bring in a striker to sit his ass on the bench but you you have these this player who is would you say he's bigger than cantona for um, united are you, are you ready for how big how big uh, Cristiano is. Cristiano Ronaldo has more Instagram followers than the entire Premier League teams combined. (laughs) No, no, no. I know. But like in in, in United lore. For United, no, he's not bigger. He's not. No one's bigger than Cantona. Cantona is unassailable and untouchable. He's the reason they won their first title. So, but in terms of fame, he is, he is up there. He is as important. He's the, he's, he represents modern united well he yeah he, repre- he rents the, the big super united as a super club 
you know, uh, as the Premier League is ascending, this is 2003 to 2010 and 11. They win the Champions League. They lose to Barca. So they're they're at. He's the beautiful sort of matinee idol for modern football. He is a television creation. Not only that, he's fucking incredible. But right, but right, he is right. all that right. Like he's coming into a brand that is already huge, and and they create a superstar. Man United creates Ronaldo. And he yeah. lodges by being amazing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but so Manchester City is is sort of hoodwinked into flirting with them. And as you said, they were they had to be wooed. They're like, we don't need 36-year-old Ronaldo. Why I mean, nope. why? And in fact, there's a lot of right? argument that they're gonna be better off without him. So <laughs> in a weird way. It sounds like a pissed off ex-girlfriend, but I hear it. I understand. <laughs> but nonetheless. Nonetheless, yeah, you've got a, you've got you know city kind of sniffing around, and all that needed to happen was Woodward, Ed Woodward, to hear that, right? And he was so, like, "Oh shit, yeah, I can't the, let this happen." The story is this, right? The story is this, right? So CR seven, it's known in football, wants to get out. Ronaldo wants to get out. He's trying everywhere. They try PSG. It's literally like the three bears. They knock, knock, knock on a bore. Can I come <laughs> in? No, you can't. They knock, yeah. knock, knock on on Real's door. No, you can't because literally uh, Ancelotti has to tweet. I do not want him. We have not contacted him. He's a legend. I love him. Knock, knock, knock. They knock on City's door. They're like, no, no, no. We're all about Kane. They come back tomorrow. They look around. They have no toys to play with. Kane falls through. Knock, knock, knock. We Can we come in? Yes, you can come in. Yeah. So, But Mendes wipe your feet. Doing, yeah, wipe your feet. Mendez is doing this. Mendez is doing this. He's talking. He's schmoozing. He's doing the whole thing. And he literally sends a fuck. As he's there, he's like, okay. Because Ronaldo had wanted to go to you back to United the whole time. And they were like, no, 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 it's not time. It's not time. It's not time. The second it got close, United's veterans, leadership, the people that control the culture, the, the Nevilles, the Fergusons, the Patrice Everett, the, the sort of visible, the, the Ferdinand. top level people, Ferdinand, they go nuts, go into full gear, and turn the screws on Ronaldo. And I'm like, you cannot go to City. Because you don't under, you no. don't get do you this. Think, wait, you don't understand do you, this. Do you think they turn the screws on Ronaldo, or do you think they screw turn the screws on United? Both. They turn the screws on United to not let it happen. R- right. That's where Ronaldo I Ronaldo would have gone. It. He would have gone to City. I agree. I don't think he cared that much. I agree. But I think there's a soft power that happens, and I have never seen Woodward move so fast as to get this signing done. It happened in 12 hours. This not is even a team. Yeah. That six months to fucking sign slabhead like yeah they panicked and made a panic buy for the thing they did not need which was another player to take up the space that Cavani takes what what do they need him for they don't need him now no, and you could make the same argument wise, and say- it, they got they already gained 250 billion dollars in value on the stock market so i get it football wise it doesn't make a difference and the problem is now the player that they did need, Kamavagia, who's 18 years old, just signed with Real. And Real's like, <laughs> we're not going to get Mbappe. We'll just get actual players we need to right. win games. And so, let's go into that for a second. Yeah. Um, so the latest and greatest on Mbappe, which, by the way, will change by the time you're listening to this episode, if we if we know have learned anything from the last week, is that Real, Real Madrid, and to back up, Real Madrid went up to $170 million with about $10 million, uh, euros in add-ons. 
So roughly a total of 180 million for a player who has one year left on his contract. Now there's nobody's here is denying that Mbappe is, is one of the greatest players in the world. Uh, one of the most dynamic players in Europe, all that. Uh, but my goodness, what we said, uh, you spelled domino wrong. What one of the, <laughs> one of the, um, one of the things we were talking about on Thursday was, man, you get to play with, Lionel Messi, you get to be on one of the most dominant super teams in Europe. You're going to kick the shit out of the French League. Why wouldn't you just stay for another year and take a significant chunk of that 160, 170 million and take it as a signing bonus, right? Yeah. One of the things about Ronaldo signing in in United with United is that like it was only a 15 million dollar fee, which makes sense. I mean, he's 36, whatever, but and he was sort of you know he there wasn't a lot of negotiating power, but you're going to pay him 30 million over the course of the year. Right. Mm -hmm. So at least. So that's kind of the interesting thing where, you know, from Mbappe's point of view, I'm confused by his tactics. But we we fast forward to the latest and greatest. He was basically out the door on Friday and Saturday. On I believe on Sunday, he starts Pochettino starts him and he scores a brace. And now the talks have sort of stalled. Right. So it's mm -hmm. weird how. Yeah, it's where you can be so dead set on this, and then just kind of fall yeah, back. Yeah, I th I think half of it's bullshit, half of it's true. This is the problem, right? It's all bullshit, bullshit, bullshit until something happens, right? Like yeah, Ronaldo, that's we like out of the blue, basically he goes to United. I think it's a mistake. I'm I'm happy. I'm glad. I'm sad. Uh, I've been convinced now that it's a bad idea. Uh, uh, but you know, City played on and now have two back to back games of five nil against. Norwich and uh, oh. and and now Arsenal, who we have to talk about. I mean, Arsenal are in last place. They haven't scored a goal. <laughs> They're minus nine. Um, well, I said this. I said this on the on the show on Thursday. If Arsenal do not score against City, they will have to choose their August Premier League goal of the month from the training ground, and that's exactly yeah. what happened. They did not they, score a goal in the month of August. The doors blown off them. Uh, oh yeah, they were already down Twice. two when 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 Jaka got sent off. And it's, it's, again, it's the manner. It's like, this is not, uh, this is like no shots on target, 18% possession, which is the lowest it's ever been for the, since Opta started taking stats. And I don't know, I mean, I understand, I understand weakness in a team and I get it, but like, there's no adaptation. It's just like, oh, we're going to play City the way we play them. And one of the things I think about with Pep, with 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 City as well, and some of the dealings and some of the things that happen with Arsenal and certain teams is just like there's this Croyfian Barcelona arrogance that we talked about last week, where it's just like I am ideologically opposed to preventing damage to my team, and that's why uh, Real and Barcelona in the heady years of of you know maybe six, seven, ten years ago would beat team seven nil because they just don't believe in Spain and being pragmatic and going, you know what? We're going four, four, two and anything that comes in the box, we're going to hoof it. We'll elbow you in the face and play for set pieces. It doesn't exist in their vocabulary. And I think Arteta is just stubborn. He's just like, no, we're playing. And at this point, I think the players are like, dude, we're not, they know they're like, yeah. we're not good enough. What are we doing? Right. You, the, when you watch them, I feel bad for them. They know they're not good enough, right? And they but there's want, no situational they want guile. To be defensive, right? There's no situational guile. It's not like play against. If you play against what the coach tells you, you don't play. Yeah, you know and, I mean? and that's kind of the interesting thing. Like you, you find there's ebbs and flows in this sport 
almost uh, I'm basketball has a good argument, uh, you know, similarly, but they call but, timeouts like, all the time. <laughs> but they call timeouts and they stop and there's fouls and there's set plays that, but the, the set plays there's literally practiced set plays, right? It's not Eric Dyer taking a free kick from 30 yards and going, fuck it. Let's hope for the best. You know, I, I just, when it's not so much the, the, the plays from farther out, it's the plays that are within 30 yards. And if you don't have a player who can strike the ball and and threaten to put it in, not just in the net, in the corner of the net, make it something that literally, it's almost like when I was, I forget which game I was watching this weekend. It was probably Tottenham, but like, it's almost like the, the David Beckham's of the world ruined tactical set pieces forever because everybody goes, Oh, we want to do that because it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, but you yeah, can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't. You don't know how. So yeah, I don't understand why you wouldn't have a guy run off the left. Like when you see a team do that and and run like a, a, a short play, like when there's a short corner, right? Everybody's like, oh my God, one of the most famous ones ever, right? Like the, uh, the Liverpool 3-3 goal against Barcelona, yeah. the Trent Alexander-Arnold. Well, it was Origi scores the goal, right? Like they were like, holy shit, they caught Barcelona sleeping. Yeah. Why wouldn't you try to do it's not even catching them sleeping, it's outsmarting them, right? Yeah. Like it, it, it's it's almost as if American sports is chess and this is checkers in some respect, right? Because and it's, well, it's much more individual, there's no sport. stoppages, you can't really coach. There's a lot going on. But City, I mean, they score on a header where no one's checking him. Ilke Gundogan, they leave they overlap, they have a two-on-one on one side of the field. Gabriel Jesus is all of a sudden the best right winger in the league. Then Torres gets in a box on a on a cheesy cross that that maybe Laporte punched Chambers in the face, but I don't think he would have got it anyway. Then Rodri scores from outside the box where no one comes out to him. He side foots it. I mean, it's not even hammered. And then Torres scores again, and they City get their four. But it was pathetic, and there's really almost not much to say about the game itself. Like it's ho hum. City scored five goals, but. Right. It's just Arsenal were so bad. I mean, there were all sorts of stats like Riyad Mahrez had more touches than all of Arsenal and only played 30 minutes. <laughs> you know, like things like that that just came up that you're just like, wow, this is fucking brutal. I mean, it, it's some of the worst. Yeah, Column Chambers led the team in touches with 39 and Kyle Walker played 45 minutes and had 41. Yeah. You know, and he's a right back. Right. So, so there's just like, it's just a pathetic. Well, display. and Callum Chambers having the most touches for Arsenal is the stat right there. Right. Like, right. It's just a really sad kind of like Arsenal are in bad shape. And I guess, you know, we, 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 we probably have to talk like, what is the line for Arsenal? When okay. does it happen? Like, they've put in 130 million. Obviously, they had a plan for the season. I like them. I had them in sixth. I feel insane now. They literally had the third best defense in the league. And I figured that Kane would have left Spurs. And I figured that Lacazette and Aubameyang would be there. And granted, they have not had all their players. There's been none of no. their defenders are there. No, and that, so, that needs to be said. But, but that is the key thing. I think that, you know, like Liverpool sort of slipping in that middle of the season, no pun intended, Steven Gerrard. Um, when you lose your center back pairing and you lose some of the cohesion of your team, there's a fear that you can sense with Arsenal. Like when the first, they'll, they'll play hard. The first 10 minutes of the last three games, they've been great. Mm -hmm. The first goal goes in and they're finished. And they that, don't oh, trust shit, their like, defense. Yeah. They're like, oh, we're fucked. We can't, mm -hmm. that shouldn't have been a goal. We were playing okay. And these two Nimrods or the four of them or the six of them or whatever is in the back. 
they blew it again. Like you just watch Rob holding. He's literally looking around and doesn't know people are behind him. Like you're like, my G, are you, you, there's no trust. There's nothing like you really can see with Arsenal how bad teams can get or how good other teams are in how inept Arsenal are in a way that they kind of just like, wow, if anything goes in the box, they literally crumble and fall apart. Like they can't handle it. Like they're mentally weak at this point. They can't do anything. So it's, it's kind of, it's pretty fucking sad at this point. They're a mess. And that goes into, um, Oh, go ahead. No, but so coming out of, so we are in our first international break of the year, we will save you from our uh, whine, complain, moan about the international breaks starting just as the season starts to get exciting and the narrative yeah. starts to form, it's which we, we, we just, we, it's silly. Um, we but won't do it. Not today. We won't, we're not going to, we're not going to do it. I might do it in 10 minutes, but uh, <laughs> coming out of the international break, we have a relegation six pointer between <laughs> The mighty Arsenal and Norwich City, who are both yeah. on minus nine goal difference. Norwich being up, up, up top on, on 19th because they scored one singular goal so far. And that's where the bar is right now. Like Arsenal, granted, they have had to play Chelsea. They have had to play City. They had a tough draw with Brentford uh, in, in the first home game ever, right? Like that was always going to be a tough match going in. And we said it. Like Arteta really kind of biffed that one from the jump and sort of put them in a position to lose and Brentford capitalized. Um, but you just, you get the feeling that they're one more bad loss away from I mean, relieving. If, if they won't Arteta. fire him if they lose. They, okay. They have in the premier league, they have Norwich, Burnley, Tottenham, Tottenham right? at home, which is Tottenham, important to note. They're at home. Tottenham. It's, it's, it's at the Emirates, right? Right. Tottenham, Brighton, Palace. Okay. They've got to get. Let's say they lose. They let's say they lose to Tottenham. That would be bad. But they need. That'd be awfully bad. Three, six. No. They need twelve. If they you get nine out of, out of these five, five they need. Nine. I, I would say nine. Nine's the number for me. Um, and again, it's if you lose to to Spurs, that's gonna feel like two losses. And I understand. Um, they need nine. nine they from, need. They nine need nine. Five. Nine for nine for fifteen total points, right? So maybe they need more than that. Maybe they need, maybe they need twelve. They might, but but look, if you win, they're not beating beating Brighton away. No fucking chance. Well, hold on. Not my not my mighty not my mighty seagulls. If you beat Norwich and and Burnley, which (laughs) let's be clear, if you don't, if you don't, you're in trouble anyway. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I'm going to say it now. Arsenal and Spurs are going to draw, and it's going to piss me off for weeks. <laughs> and Because Spurs are going to be significantly better There's in that so game. Much, your team is so much better than them. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. It, but it's it's going to happen. But nonetheless, if they get some kind of result against Spurs at home, and they lose to Brighton, and they beat Palace, which means win, win, draw, loss, win. So that's 10 points out of 15. He's 10 is fine. good. He's fine. fine. Because yeah, then, yeah. like, the thing that's, I mean, I'm having a great time with it that's for, that needs, uh, Arsenal he needs, are last. He needs, he needs 10. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah, he can only afford one and more I think loss. Anything right under now. 10 is bad. I would agree. But the thing is, is that what, flip the coin for a second. If he gets 10 points, he's right in the middle of the table. Everybody fucking relaxes. Nobody's talking about relegation. Everybody calms down I for think, a second. I think it's the manner, though. Like, Let's say they beat Norwich and then just get the shit beat out of them by Burnley, like a like a 
punch in the face. Oh, of course. But I'm I'm counting Burnley as a win, right? Like I'm not, and they that's should. foolish I mean, of me. And Burnley's but, bad. Of course, but know, but again, that's fuck, where they drew with Leeds. You have to beat, you know, you have to beat bad teams. Brentford yeah. is not a bad team. Chelsea is a title contender. Man City are the champions. Okay, you got to beat bad teams. If you beat Norwich, you beat Burnley. If you beat Crystal Palace, that's a hell of a long way to go. And everybody relax. The bitch of it is that if they have Spurs and Brighton in the in the space of six days, and they drop both of those games then the, the heat's going to turn really, really high up. Because like I said, a loss to Spurs is going to feel like a loss, like two losses, because it's yeah. just, that's North yeah. London Derby. Yeah. And then well, and then you have another tough stretch. You've got Villa, Leicester, uh, Arsenal, or, or Watford, I should say, that's a win. But then you go to Anfield. So this is a really, really brutal stretch going through November. They play United too. So the question I would pose to you is not if, but frankly, when does Arteta get fired? Because... I mean, there's no world where I see them in the top half of the table by December 1st. It's no, ugly. No chance. No chance. And then the funny no. thing is, is that like the festive period, I mean, somehow they've got Wolves and then City again. Doesn't that make sense. But like the festive period, they, they don't even – they have a couple of easier games. But everybody I, drops points in the festive I, period because there's just so many games. Here's what we're hearing. What I'm hearing is, and and then and then we'll, we'll we have to do some some business. What I'm hearing is, the league is better, and Arsenal oh, Arsenal haven't necessarily gotten worse. What they got away with was with Wenger was just listen, was the league was they were shitty teams that would play yeah. a certain way that that Arsenal's playing style could could get points from. But now everyone's better. Everyone's been spending money like they. They may be worse than they were, but a they lot of the teams are. around them are much better. Right? Like, yep. there's a middle of the league that's really strong right now, and uh, and and I have to. I'm gonna I'm gonna commend them and talk about United after this. We have to talk about our friends Joe at Attitude of Gratitude, who's helped Mike with his wedding planning in terms of saving money, and me with setting things up just to make sure that. Aveline is not broke and has, uh, you know, beer money for when she goes to college. And uh, he's a great guy. He makes sure that we, you go through all your billing, you go through all your household expenses, you check things up. He helps you find ways to, to renegotiate bills if you have things like that, or just check in and make sure you're not overspending. You know, some of us have five and six uh, extra uh, streaming subscriptions that we don't need, like. I think I have Fubo TV somewhere. I don't oh, know nice. about Give that. me your password. <laughs> I don't actually. Uh, <laughs> Joe helped me get rid of it. So please contact Joe at Attitude of Gratitude Consulting, and he will help you out. And let's just bring bring the website up real quick, just so the kids the kids on the on the old uh, internet get a hold. Which of is it. a good reminder, by the way, if you're listening to the show, we love you very much. We stream the show on Twitch, on YouTube, in our Facebook group, on Twitter all over the place. And so this is where you can yeah. see Joe from Attitude of Gratitude Consulting's website. You can uh, you can see his number where you can schedule a call with him. But I, I the only problem with this is that you have to look at us as well for the better <laughs> part of an hour. So if that's right. not your cup of tea, I get it. I understand. But check us out on those sources as well, guys. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Attitude of Gratitude. And uh, I am going to, for the sake of uh, Manchester United, be grateful that Adama Traore can't finish 
to save his fucking life because uh, United got super duper lucky against. They did. <laughs> against, Wolves uh, should have against Wolves. So let's let's go in more into the Wolves part first, and let's go back to United. Wolves should have beaten Spurs. And yes. Triori is to blame for that as well. And they should have gotten to at blame least a and, draw. and the reason, right? Like, uh, he, no, if you ha- he listen, got there, <laughs> if he a running back in the NFL runs 85 yards and fumbles at the two yard line, is he a good running back or did he fumble at the two yard line? Okay. So let's put it that. Ball? Let's put it that. No, he fumbled the ball because what happened with Triori against Spurs, he put a shot out for a throw in. It did not go out for a corner. He missed the – he didn't just miss the net. He missed the corner flag from the other side of the field, okay? So his finishing is criminally poor. And for some reason, there is a subset of Spurs fans that are desperate to buy him for 40 million pounds tomorrow, today. And I'm not really sure what that's all about. We'll see by the time you know this airs if if that is has come to fruition or not. But the thing that, that makes me crazy is that – uh, we talk a lot about expected goals on the show. They it's are not everything. Third, fourth in the league right now, I think. It's, it's it's okay, and we talked about it a lot that you know a few weeks ago that the fallacy of it and, and it's not it doesn't have context and it's important to remember that. But Wolves have uh, roughly, depending on what source you look at, four point eight seven or just over five or whatever, uh, roughly five expected goals and roughly two plus uh, expected goals against. There's no reason they should be zero and three. Um, but, and, 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 uh, was it Roman size? One of the best saves you'll see all season from, from David De Gea this year. Um, that shit's going to happen, but at the same time, you, you just, it's a combination of being horrible finishers and unlucky. Um, and I just, you said it before we jumped on the show, the name that's that sticks out and is missing is Pedro Neto. Right. And so he's got in the setback. look, Look at, look at my friends at Wolves. Plus one point four in the top yeah. four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, what, that, that's goals. fifth, fifth. Yeah, and so mm-hmm. uh, Neto had a setback. He broke a, he broke his kneecap, which is, just sounds horrible. Uh, he was supposed to be out till about Halloween. Now he's gonna be out till about February. Yeah, and he, and that he's could the, he, mean he's as a good much, finisher who can run with Triori. Exactly, but that could mean as much as the Jimenez injury did for Wolves last year. I worry about them. Not um, right yet. Not quite, but but Jimenez isn't himself this year either. At least last year, you had full Neto. You don't have either right now, right? So that's the issue I find. But um, I just – I don't get the Traore love. I've said it before. He reminds me of the 2006 U.S. Men's National Team with just all the athleticism in the world and no actual talent. I get um, it. I get it. I get it. I think you're – I disagree with you on this. The guy can run like the fucking wind. Of and course as long as – and he gets past people like crazy. I mean, he's just has a super speed button. And I yeah. think if you if you can get somebody with him who's a good finisher, it can make a difference. And the reason why I bring this up is because he's kind of Raheem Sterling is a better football player in all around play. But definitely you have the similar problem with Raheem Sterling where he breaks through on goal. You're like, this is great. Thanks. You're gonna miss. <laughs> Appreciate <laughs> right? it, guys. Right? Right? Could thanks, somebody thanks, come buddy. with him? Yeah, can someone can can you just get and like maybe it's better coaching, maybe it's and he doesn't really like you see him finish his runs and he kind of 
doesn't really sneak around and get into the back post. So there's probably more to his game, but I think he's raw and he still hasn't learned. And he's, you know, he's in his mid twenties already. I like That's what I mean. I, think I, don't... I think he's super fun. I think he's super fun. And United again, are the fucking luckiest team on the planet. I think yeah. again, Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer is not a good coach. He basically waits for his billion dollars worth of talent to do something amazing. And again, it was Greenwood this time. And they're still mm -hmm. in that space. I mean, Fred getting just torched by Triori, just over and over again. Trincao, they just annihilated the midfield over and over again because when Matinho and Neves are playing, they're there. And I know you wanted to bring up the the uh, the, the Neves kick in the leg for Ole uh, on, yeah. on, the, on the Pogba challenge. There was a challenge that could have been a red in the buildup to the goal for Greenwood. And, and we said it uh, a few times so far this season. I'm a big proponent of how these games are being called, both from a uh, just a normal officiating point of view yeah, and, and the VAR, right? The, everything, it's not eradicated, but it is a little more lenient. It's, it's actually a lot more lenient. What that should end up meaning overall is A, less penalties, and B, less diving. That last part is probably going to take a few years to totally bet in and change the philosophy and the psychology of how players play the game. But nonetheless, it's good to see it encouraged. Yeah. But Ole Gunnar Solskjaer last week against Southampton, I believe, Bruno Fernandez does one of these, oh, I fell over, loses the ball, and off to the races goes Southampton. Che Adams scores off of a shit deflection, uh, and, and it's in the back of the net 10 seconds later. That was also Ole, not, not covering uh, for Che Adams. Yes. Ole loses his mind as much as a polite as little Norwegian. As much as a polite little, you know, Norwegian lawn gnome can. Um you mean a club ambassador who's in over his head and coaching the team? Right, 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 right. Yeah, that. Um <laughs> so he goes off about it, and he wasn't the only one. Jurgen Klopp whined about it as well in the Liverpool Burnley game, I believe. Well, and because Bur Burnley really and that's just Burnley, them. by the way. Burnley hasn't changed shit. That's Burnley yeah. the last 10 years since Sean Dice showed up. Um but I, I, now it benefited Ole. And I didn't see much of the press conference, but I didn't hear anyone ask him about it. And I, I sure as shit would have. Uh, I would have loved to hear, man, that, that foul was awfully controversial. And the one last week was significantly less controversial. So, so, so where I'll, are you I'll, on that, Ole? I'll give context. So it's a 50-50 challenge. Pogba is on the outside of the box, maybe 20 yards out. He has yeah. a bad touch. Neves is there. They both go for it. And Pogba clips Neves's ankle pretty hard to the point that his shin pad moves. You can see it. It shifts out. Neves takes three steps, looks at the ref, and goes down. That why was why they didn't give it. Good. Had he gone down and yelled immediately, he would have got it. Probably. But he takes a step, looks at the ref, and goes, I can't believe you didn't call that, and then starts shouting. The play goes on, blah, 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 goal to whatever. When you see it in super-duper slow-mo, it looks pretty bad. But we in should outlaw super-duper slow-mo. I agree. But it never went to – there was no check. There was nothing. Basically, uh, who's the dickhead from the, the, the asshole ref that always gets talked about with the bald head? Mike Dean. It was Mike Dean. So it was classic Mike Dean. Made it look like it was a Mike Dean show. And, you know, sure, they got frustrated and they they probably should 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 have – maybe had that goal not go, and they would have drawn nail-nail. But this is on Wolves. They should have won that game. It shouldn't have been yeah. in that space. Uh, and we should talk about the 
big game of the day that involved more VAR controversy, but yep. less controversial on this one. And it was um, Chelsea going to Liverpool uh, in a 1-0. I mean, uh, playing to a 1-0, a 1-1 draw, where Chelsea were, again, looked really, really good. Uh, they had the early chances, Mainson Mount, also Lukaku. Havertz scores the goal early on a on a header that he flicks backwards. It's really cool. It's like a reverse dunk. If you, for some reason, I think it's a reverse dunk because he's <laughs> really far from goal. The corner comes in and he just flicks it back and it loops over Allison's head. Um, they, these teams are fighting each other. They're playing really hard. Arsenal, I mean, Arsenal, Chelsea are still resolute. Like they are fucking good. Lukaku's good. Every ball sticks to him. He pushes it out wide. But this is a moment. I mean, it's still Anfield and, and a cross comes in on a corner. Trent Alexander-Arnold, there's a crazy goal line scramble, like two or three different goal line scrambles. It's popping up in the air. And invariably, Reese James is on the line. It hits off his shin, hits his arm when he's in the goal, and they clear it. They go to VAR. Uh, Madly, is it? No, the one, who, the, the other bold one. Who's Anyway, who knows what your ref it is. Yeah, yeah. They call the VAR for him to check. He goes and checks, but just looks at a still image of the ball hitting his arm. Penalty, red. <laughs> and so let's so, before we go any deeper, let's talk about philosophically. I know we've beaten, like we mentioned, we've beaten the shit out of that that VAR horse. But what what ideally would you have the ref look at in that situation? Because okay. what you've got, go. Ahead, go. So, so here, here's where I am with it, right? One, one thing is it's really annoying that people don't know the rules. The rule is. They keep fucking if, changing them in my defense. <laughs> fair enough. This is not a handball rule. If you handle the ball in a clear goal scoring opportunity and right. you stop a goal from going in, it is a penalty and a red always. Yep. So once he gave the penalty, he had to give a red. The punters don't know this. They're like, oh, if it's because there's double jeopardy on a tackle. On a tackle, if it's a penalty, you're not sent off. Mm -hmm. So, But on a handball, you are. It used to be that there was double jeopardy. If you tackled someone on a clear goal-scoring opportunity, then it was a red, it was a penalty and a red in the box. So they got rid of that. So you just get the penalty, but but they got rid of the sending off, but not for handball. So that'll probably change again. Uh, it is a, if you handle a ball on the line to prevent the goal, it is a penalty and a red, no questions asked. Now, the thing that got frustrating for me was how they hand was how people freaked out. We don't know what he heard. He may have yeah. said to the VAR, Hey, I saw him move his hand, but I don't know if he touched the ball. All I need to know is if he touched it, if he touched it, it's a penalty. He goes to the screen. He sees the ball hit his arm. Penalty. Done. Yep. Right? So there's this whole notion that, oh, he needs to watch the video run through. He saw it. He knows what he saw. Yeah. He just wanted to know if it hit his arm. Simple. And Reese James moved his arm toward the ball. Like, it hits his leg. But you instinctually. You so instinctually. No, no, no. It's fine. But it, 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 he had to go. So anyway, Mo Salah puts it away. It's 1-1. And Chelsea put in, you know, there we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, DNA of a team. Chelsea in their core, in who they are. And I don't know how this gets transmitted. It feels like magic. It feels like voodoo. 
I don't know how this happens, but, and it takes a long time to change it, inside of who Chelsea is, is a defensive team of Chopper Harris, a famous player who's their all-time leading uh, appearances player. Famous, he's called Chopper because he chopped people down and would play with blood dripping off his head. <laughs> and that is the Chelsea ethos. Jose Mourinho fit in with Chelsea because he was a defensive coach. Sorry, did not fit in with Chelsea. Not in the DNA, not the juice. Alex Village boss not a Chelsea manager. When they won the Champions League, they won it on defense. Defense sitting behind the ball. That's in who's inside Chelsea. And somehow Tuchel has picked this up or he recognized that as the ethos as a team or something about the water in the shed. I don't know. And I don't like that I'm wearing this Chelsea blue, actually. It's making me That's a good point, it. yeah. But they are the best defensive team I've seen in a long time without great defenders, which is weird. Because yeah. Conte went off at the half. He got hurt. That's a big deal. Um, but they saw out a rabid attacking Liverpool in the cop end for 45 minutes. Yeah, and, and I mean, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, all they reduced Liverpool to was shots from far away. Incredible. Yeah. And and really, really so good. if you knowing what you know at halftime, you see um, Conte come out. You you know they're attacking the cop. I thought they you know were. It's, deep. I thought they're, they were toast, toast, yeah. and that they were and not able in a bad way. Like there. they would have fought. And but I think one but of it's teams, Liverpool at Anfield, and you figure something ridiculous is going to happen and go in right, the fucking and nothing net. ridiculous happened. <laughs> nothing ridiculous happened. Although yeah. Van Dyke had a crazy shot that. He shot from about 35 yards. But one of the things I thought about was, oh, I got to, I got to wrap, we got to wrap this up. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. My wife's looking for me. Uh, one of these things I, I thought about was, um, was, um, was how good Lukaku was, even in a defensive manner. He okay. held the ball up when they needed to. He worked back when they needed to. It was really, really incredible to see a player at the top of his game. Yeah, I get that. That's my that's my take on that one. Let's go through the bets real quick, uh, and yeah. let's talk about this. Uh, I got on the board a little bit this week. Uh, I actually did not score anything because I uh, missed betting on two of these. I did correctly call West Ham Palace over two and a half. Uh, I did okay. So there is some controversy here, and I did get some questions about this from a few of our friends. And what I was I didn't bet on the Xhaka yellow card plus 175. But what the actual terminology of that is Xhaka or player to be booked, right? Ah. So a red card does count as being uh, for the bet essentially. Mm -hmm. So that's two and oh. Uh, and then I went, Mike, you, you missed on two wins. You really shouldn't bet on a cane goal in a Spurs win. Uh, I ended up getting minus 120, So I went for it. And, uh, you know, the Spurs, Spurs got the win, and Kane had a few opportunities late where he had a couple of sitters and he missed, and there was one great save. Just didn't happen, wasn't in the cards. So I actually, my personal bank account was 0-1 this week, uh, but I did go 2-1 on my calls. So I'll take that. <laughs> that, that brings me back to even for the year. Yeah. Um, and uh, and we roll on. So, I mean, we maybe we'll do some international <laughs> prop shit on yeah. Thursday. We'll yeah, so see. I'm I, not sure. I, I'm, I'm, my record is poor, but I'm even money. Uh, my Rafinha to score at 250 did not go, but I did get an amazing draw for 2-2 Southampton uh, yeah. versus Newcastle. Newcastle were awful in the first half. Jenepo missed two over-the-bar shots. Southampton were incredible. They should have had the draw. 
uh, late in the game, it's 1-1, and my friend St. Maximum puts Newcastle up. He goes in the crowds. He does a karate kick. They've got the game in the bag. No, no, they don't. My friend Armstrong from our fantasy league draws the penalty versus LaSalle's. They go to VAR. They call the penalty, and my guy, JWP, James Ward-Prowse, puts it away for the two plus 250 draw. That's right feeling on. alive right there. Yes, and then Brighton just didn't show up. Uh, Everton are good. And, uh, and, and, uh, Rafa Benitez has them pretty well oiled. Just not a great, uh, not a great game. Injuries are, are hampering Brighton. Uh, they had Pasco Gross playing at wingback and he got annihilated <laughs> by yeah. the Corey and the whole wing there. So I lost that one. Uh, there was one funny thing that happened in this game. Richarlison trying to steal a penalty from that De- was weird. Uh, Dominic, Cal- Dominic Calvert Lewin, but the, all the leaders on the team were like, get the fuck out of here. What are you Get doing? out of here. He's such a dickhead. That <laughs> was know. one of the few things I was able to catch this weekend uh, in my <laughs> travels. But yeah, I, I put it on. And I was I was going to check out of my hotel. and like, penalty to Everton. I was like, eh, I'll hang around for a minute or two. And I got yeah. to watch that whole thing unfold. Some uh, The commentator said it, which I, I, I didn't want Dominic Calvert-Lewin to miss. But I wanted him to miss for the story of yeah, it being yeah. Richarlison's fault. I fucking yeah. hate Richardson, but yeah. Um, yeah, that was interesting. One other thing to look out for yeah. uh, to, to today, I suppose, is um, Eves Basuma is rumored. He's one no, of the he's names. Not. Do not. He's move one of the names. No, he goes nowhere. Liverpool. Liverpool and Spurs have have been coming in no. for Basuma. <laughs> I don't he's think so fucking good. <laughs> he is good. I don't think either will get it over the line. Um, uh, so if anyone doesn't know, Yves we'll Basuma is the central midfielder for Brighton. He's their Patrick Vieira, for lack of a better word. He's okay, all right. He's, he's good, but let's not get he's ridiculous. He's their Patrick. He's a shit Patrick Vieira. He's just a very shit Patrick Vieira. But yes, he's a good player nonetheless. He yeah, would be a great addition. He would be everything Tiago. they thought Tiago would be at Liverpool. Uh, and he's just yeah, another... He's kind of Wijnaldum ishy. Wijnaldum ishy. I, I would yeah, agree yeah. with that. Very Wijnaldum ishy. Um, yeah, yeah. and, and Spurs would love to have him, but I don't see him coming in without Ndombele leaving. And that seems, uh, unlikely at this stage. So, uh, unlikely, but I did want to give you that scare. Um, is there any other transfer stuff that you're excited about or looking no, forward to? My transfer is I have to transfer my daughter into her bed. So I have to, I've got to wrap this thing up. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here then. <laughs> I want to give one shout out to, uh, Gallagher from Crystal Palace. Who's incredible. All energy hair. Another one of. Our Lady Marina Gradiskaya's uh, transfer army, incredible mm-hmm. game. They pulled one out off West Ham. Uh, also a really good game. Lots of good games. But I am going to wrap it up before I get yelled at. Uh, that was the Squeaky Bum Time podcast with Mike Salerno and Laurent Cortines. We are the football wing for the people who don't know. Apparently don't know that Chop Sports Network has a football wing, and that's us. It's we us. record on Tuesdays and Fridays, so be sure to descri- subscribe or describe uh, wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And if you are listening on Apple, be careful for the Luftwaffle because I almost forgot to mention World War II. And please review the show so we can reach <laughs> out to more people uh, and love the show with us because we're having fun all the time. Oh, and our friends at FanHub, thank you so much. We'll get you into the show next time. Mike, I have to show you how to do a prediction game that comes into FanHub. Ah. We won't forget them. It's good stuff. We'll get them all involved. Right. That's it.